The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And uh, here we are, 1st of April, April Fool's Day. Man, there is a lot of fools still out there not doing what they should be doing, social distancing and practicing physical distancing. Keep it up until you are told to do otherwise. Would you please? That's all we ask. I mean, Lior's at home. I'm at home. We are separated by miles and miles, but the show must go on. This show tonight and Monday night, the weekend shows, in fact, the radio shows, pal, we do across the country, are always important, but there's so much more important the last two weeks with COVID-19 and coronavirus. We have always a plethora, a plethora. That's right, I use that word. I was dying to use it, and there I got a chance to do it. Uh, we have phone lines open is what I'm saying. If you have questions about what is going with this uh, this benefit that, uh, from the government, uh, whether you're an employer or an employee, whether you're asked, being asked to make up 25%, you got 75% coming from the government. Should I apply for EI? Should I uh, apply for the emergency benefit? The questions are just about endless, and there's new stuff coming down the pike from um, government almost every day. So it's confusing. You need an employment lawyer, literally, to help sort this out. So bring the phone calls on, 416-870-6400. And for the next little while, well, next few months, I would imagine, covidrights.ca is a wonderful website for you to use. You want to send an email along tonight, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And while we sit here and chat and you listen and talk to us, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But uh, the week that was, pal, I think I know where you're going to go with this one, right? Yeah, and thank you for that, uh, Mr. El Guapo. Uh, I, uh, I <laughs> think that it's <laughs> it, it is what what we do on this show. I think is always important, and we've been doing this for years. But I don't think it's ever been more important than it is right now mm-hmm. when we're answering uh, a lot of questions to do with this virus. Because there's two things that people are concerned about. Number one is health. Number two is employment, job, right, income, your ability to support oh, your yeah. family, uh, and. and People have lost their jobs, people are laid off, people are afraid to go to work. I'm dealing with these issues all the time. So take this opportunity. Call us about your questions if you've been laid off or if it's a situation where you want to know do you have to go to work. Maybe you're feeling unsafe. If you want to know if you qualify for a benefit, the new CERB benefit, let's talk about that. Have your questions answered. Uh, I will do my best. This is a new thing. It's not like we have a history uh, of laws here that have been applied to this situation, but I will do my best to answer your questions, to give you guidance and help, and hopefully give you some hope here in these difficult times. Uh, And if you want to talk to me privately, if you don't want to get on air, it's not a problem. We'll give you my contact information throughout the show, my phone number, my email address. By all means, reach out. I've been speaking with more people than ever, literally from morning till night. So take advantage. Yeah. Let's let's have that chat. Now, in terms of the week there was, kind of the, the big thing I've been dealing with other than layoffs is this scenario. Scenarios where people are being told to go to work. They work for an essential business, uh, an essential service but they feel unsafe, yep. either because uh, the business doesn't allow them to properly social distance, they have to work you know, close to their colleagues or, or their customers, or maybe they're caring for someone. I just spoke with someone who was caring for, for his wife who was nine months pregnant, uh, or they're caring for someone elderly, and, and they're very, very concerned about getting the virus. So, so what, that, what happens in that situation? And this is one of those things where there's no easy, simple answer. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, generally speaking, if your employer is open uh, and, and they have work for you, you should be going to work. And if the if, if 
you're you're not feeling safe as many people don't that in and of itself is not a good enough reason not to go to work and if you don't go to work then you may be considered to have resigned and you wouldn't qualify for any benefit so if the work is unsafe though you can also engage in a work refusal that would require the company to either fix that problem or even bring in the ministry of labor to investigate and determine if it's unsafe you may want to get a doctor's note if you can't work you're stressed you're feeling anxiety Get the doctor to allow you to be off work. Then it's not a resignation, and also you could potentially apply for EI sickness benefits. Mm -hmm. So those are the best options, but simply to say, I don't want to go to work, that is a problem. You would not qualify for benefits. That would be a resignation. So if if you're in that situation, always happy to talk to you, always happy to give you some guidance. And John, I'm ready for calls. You bet. The number, by the way, to reach out to Lior anytime and his crew when we're not on the air, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But in the here and now, fill up those phone lines. We have lots open. Bring it on, 416-870-6400, or if you prefer, one 225 talk That is toll-free. Let's just get right at it. Raj, thank you for hanging on. Uh, how are you tonight? Good. How are you, sir? Good, Raj. What's, uh, what's your question, pal? Okay, my question is to you guys, because because my wife, she's working in a restaurant, and they open for takeout, and she got all the way to downtown. She's scared to take the subway, scared to get the bus, and employers say, no, you have to come to work. And they, on the other hand, they won't give you a full hour. They only give you like a less than 30 hours a week. And also, right now, there's only five people is maximum in the area. They got like more than five people in the restaurant, too, working. And... She can't approve a sick benefit because you want to approve a sick benefit. You got to get the doctor notice. The doctor won't give you that. Now, how are you going to solve the problem? I mean, she got to go to work. Yes, I understand that. She doesn't go to work. She's going to lose a job. And we don't want to fight with the employee because, kind of, you know, she got to go back to work. It's a problem. I don't know how you're going to solve this problem. You're right. And, and, and there may not be a solution because anything that she would do would potentially cause some conflict with the employer. Yeah. If the doctor is not going to cooperate, the best option she may have here uh, is a work refusal, especially in a situation where uh, she's she's working with five, more than five people. So that's in breach of the guidelines that we have. So if she yeah. engages in a work refusal, the company, number one, has to fix the problem. If they don't fix the problem, they have to call in the Ministry of Labor. And the Ministry of Labor can come in and say, no, no, this is not safe. You have to make changes. So that is the best option, and I understand that may make her employer upset. I get that, but that's the option other than simply continuing to work or quitting. So because of that, my advice is if she's put in a situation where she can't properly be doing her social distancing uh, and it's dangerous, and you're right, she shouldn't be working with more than five people. That's not responsible, and it's also against the guidelines, then she can and she should engage in a work refusal and if she wants to talk more about how to, how to do that what to tell the, her employer have her reach out to me off air i think raj that's her best option you think if i call the labor board say this place have more than seven people right now and they will come to look at it unfortunately because they're so inundated with calls right now that's probably not going to do it she actually has to engage in a formal work refusal uh, if okay. they come, it will be a long time. It will be weeks and weeks oh. before they come, and that's not going to help her. So the work refusal, I think, is the best option. 
Raj, appreciate the call. Got to move on. Uh, the phone number, by the way, use it, write it down, keep it, one 821 5900 That's to get a hold of Lior and his uh, his crew at the office. But for here now, 416-870-6400, 1-888-225-TALK. That number is toll-free. It is 714. It is early. we got lots of time. It's a, a very confusing topic, so we're going to continue talking about it tonight and for the uh, near future. Anyway, uh, William, it's your turn. What's up, pal? Oh, not much, man. How are you tonight? We're uh, we're okay. We're both separated, but uh, but uh, but still hanging in. How about you? Living the dream. Yeah, um, man. I have a question with this seventy-five percent work program because I work for a small company, and I've been told to file EI, which I have, and now they're bringing out this new program, which uh, I believe it's along the far the lines of Ford and GM and everybody else that. The company is going to pick up 75% of my pay as long as they give it to my boss from the government. Right. He is obligated to pick up the other 25%. Mm-hmm. My boss would rather... No, he's not, he's not obligated. Money. He's not obligated, no. He's not obligated to pick up the other 25%? No, the government says we want you to and you should try to, but, but to be eligible for, to get the 75%, the company doesn't actually have to pay the, the remaining okay, well, 25%. I tell you what. What I heard earlier today is my boss can turn around and pick up his books from March of last year and go to March of this year. And if he can show a 30% reduction, the government will pick up 75% of my wage. My boss can show a 70% reduction in what I've done. Will they still pick that up? And as long as it doesn't cost him a cent, I'd rather do that than file UI. So... If he can show that he his business has reduced thirty percent month over, uh, in comparison to the, the month last year, then the government will give him the opportunity to get seventy five percent of your wages. But it's up to your employer whether they want to claim that. Some employers are going to say, "You know what? I still don't have work for for this person. I, it, it doesn't really help My me." My boss, so you know, I'll be honest with you, dude. I, I'm related to the construction trade, and I'm not going to have work for probably the next six to eight weeks until things go back to normal. So ultimately, that is up to your employer. If your employer takes advantage and says, I'll, I'll pay you to do nothing and give you 75% of the wage, maybe, maybe not. That's up to your employer whether or not they want to take advantage. They, they will qualify if they can show that reduction in income. But that's not something that you can depend on. You have to talk, about, to talk with your employer what their intentions are. That's not money that goes to you. It goes to your employer to pay you. Whereas the, the money from the government, the, the $2,000 a month, that goes directly to you. So it's up to you and your employer to figure out what needs to I, happen there. But the employer is going to you know, have to make that call. You're, you're, mis- you're misinterpreting what I say. I don't want right. $2,000 a month. I know. It, I get it. I've been advised, according to this, I am better to wait six weeks to get paid so he picks up 75% of my income as opposed to me waiting for everybody else like you, I. You know what I mean? Well, but but that's assuming that your employer is actually going to do that. If they told you they're going to do that, that's fine. All I'm saying is they don't have to do that. So if your employer says, yes, don't worry about it, we're going to pay you that money that comes from the government, yeah, that may be a perfectly good option. But if you don't know for a fact that they're doing that, then waiting may actually not be a good idea. So that's why I said you have to talk to your employer. 
William, we're going to leave you there, and uh, please, uh, you know, circle back when you find out exactly what's going on. Uh, for the rest of you, hang on. We see you, Stephen, Sandy, Jimmy. We will get to you all and your phone calls. We got room. Come on in. Water's warm. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred one triple eight two two five. Talk that is toll free. Whether it's just uh, you know run of the mill employment questions or it's uh, hyper focused on COVID nineteen, as most of the calls are. That's why we're here. We invite all. Bring them on. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You bet. It is, uh, what, 721 here. Busy night as it always is, especially now, COVID-19, coronavirus. You have questions, bring them on, 416-870-6400, talk That is toll-free. And for the next little while, covidrights.ca is a good website. Or you can email us here, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on down to uh, to Stephen. Hey, Stephen, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's up? Okay, so I, I took early retirement from a company um, with the premise that I was going to work. I've been working for about a year. Unfortunately, um, I left that one job to go to work for another job, but unfortunately, this uh, virus knocked that job off the playing field because it's it, it just not able to do it. So I'm now working at another job where I'm making a lot less money. I was wondering, will I be able to um, apply for anything, even though I got an income from my pension? So if you if you do have income from your pension, that in and of itself is is going to be fine. But if you are working at another job, then you as as currently it's structured, you would not qualify for the CERB benefit because you have income. And one of the biggest problems with this uh, CERB program is that it really only applies to people that are, have have lost their income full stop, as opposed to people that have had just their income reduced. I think that's a huge miss on the part of the government and they're aware of that and I hope that they'll make that change. But if you are making some money on this other job, you may not be able to apply. It's not the pension that's the problem, it's the income. So the fact, wow. So I've been paying it to you, EI for 40 years and wow, okay, all right. So I just gotta live with the fact that even though I'm working, making a lot less than what I was making before, I still don't qualify for nothing. So if, if you lost, were you self-employed? No, so I was so I was making almost twenty five hundred dollars a month. Yes, at this other job. Now that job is folded. It was a bakery, so I went to go get another job, which I was hired to work at the yeah. airport. Unfortunately, the airport shut down. Yes. So I, I found another job, but I'm making like half of what I was making before, and still paying it to EI. Yeah, no, I, I I hear you. So you wouldn't qualify for EI because you're working, and uh, because of that, also you wouldn't uh, qualify for the CERB benefit again because you're working. So you, you're 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 falling in that kind of the twilight zone, so to speak, in in that the the bad situation applies to you, uh, and and at this point, there's no solution to that, unfortunately. So like, so I basically would have been better off not working. Yeah, I, I, well, I hate saying that, but but like you I know hate the, to say that you know what I mean. Like, yeah. think about it. Here's a guy that I know. I've said the same thing. I get it, man. I, I get I it. Found and I found three jobs, so it's not like there's no work out there. I found three jobs, but I'm making almost a almost fifteen hundred dollars less than I was making a month ago. And if I would have just not done anything, I still would have had my little bit of pension to fall. Now, on. now let me let me yeah. say this. I'll leave you with this last thought here. Uh, with, with respect to the job you most recently lost, you can apply for EI. It's going to be reduced significantly by the because you're earning 
money now, but because you're earning less, there may still be an amount that you would qualify for. It's not going to be much, but there could still be an amount uh, if, if that other income was significantly higher than this one. So that's probably worth doing is applying for EI, but you certainly would not qualify for the CERB benefit. 416-870-6400. Thanks, Stephen, for the call. Moving down to uh, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Thank you for standing by. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, sir. What's uh, What's on your mind? Okay, so I've been on LTD for a while. They forced me to apply for uh, CPP um, disability, which I didn't want to yep. do, but I, I did it. So yep. I got it. Now, this is the second time in a row that my, I guess my insurance, because CPP only covers so much, um, they want a medical thing, but they've said stuff to my doctor directly. This is the second time they've done it where there's been a problem with the doctor, and then they come to me to go get the doctor to fill it out. Are they allowed to send uh, that to the doctor without even me knowing? Like if he filled it out and sent it back, I would never know that they had communication. Yeah, so one of the terms of the of the disability policy that you're covered under is that they can have contact with your with your doctor. So they're not allowed to share that information with anyone, maybe your employer or anything like that. They can't, but they can communicate with your doctor. It's, it's, it, and your doctor kind of understands. That's why your doctor is communicating with them because they know that's part of the part of the drill, so to speak. You essentially have already given that consent for them to communicate with your doctor. Okay, but well, when I remember with my psychiatrist, I had to give um, I had to sign a waiver. It is certainly a good idea to sign a waiver, but under the uh, the disability policy, they have that right to communicate with your doctor. Jimmy, appreciate the call. We're going to leave it there. Move on. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred one triple eight two two five. Talk. That number is toll free. Whether you have normal employment matters or COVID nineteen coronavirus worries and heartache, like so many people do, bring it on. We're talking about that in depth as well. William, you're up next. Good evening. Hi. How you doing? Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on in your world? Oh, just a couple of quick questions, just to help out. Sure. And uh, so I haven't heard a lot uh, about uh, self-employment. So this scenario is uh, the person is self-employed. Uh, they they work uh, cleaning for a, a shopping center. The shopping center, of course, closed. That person no longer has work. So being self-employed, the only person in their company, are they eligible for the Canada Relief Benefit or any sort of help? Uh, because they they and they're not looking. They don't have any symptoms. They don't have COVID nineteen. They don't have. They're not looking after anybody. Anything I found on the internet seems to point in that direction. So I'd like some help for that. Sure, and and the answer to this, fortunately, is is a bit more clear. And the answer is that yes, they would qualify for the benefit because they're self-employed, and the CERB benefit applies to self-employed individuals. And because they lost their job as a result of this uh, virus. Now, as long as they have had at least $5,000 of income in the last year, then they would qualify for the benefit. That's $2,000 a month for four months or up to four months. So they can apply for that starting April the 6th. They could do it online. There's going to be a phone number as well. Uh, yes, they will qualify. Okay, so I, what I researched and I found out that they can go if they have a CRA login account, which this person does. Uh, they yep. can, they can apply to there, correct? Absolutely, yes. It's it's it, it's through the CRA as opposed to through EI, exactly. Yes. Okay. So, uh, just correct me. I've I've only ever drawn uh, unemployment insurance once in my life. So, uh, person that's self-employed cannot draw unemployment insurance, correct? Or, or employment insurance, I guess you call it now, showing my age. 
<laughs> for the most for the most part that is correct there there are situations where if you, you've made arrangements with the government to pay into it as a self-employed individual if you've made those arrangements then you can uh, get the money but most people don't make those arrangements so to put very simply if you didn't pay into ei you can't get ei simple as that okay any other advice for anybody that's self-employed out there one person well, yeah, no, it's a very good point. And, and the nice thing in terms of what the government has done, usually self-employed individuals will be kind of left on their own if, if there's no income. It's, it's one of the risks they're taking. Right now, they can qualify for that benefit. Now, it only applies, again, right now, and I don't agree with it, but it only applies if there's no income. If they're still making income, arguably they can't qualify for the benefit. So, yes, they can apply for that benefit as long as they have 14 days with no income at least and they've earned $5,000 or more over the past year. William, appreciate it, pal. Hope that uh, cleared a bunch of things up for you. 416-870-6400 is the number one triple eight two two five talk That is toll-free. And you can always check out covidrights.ca as well. Obi, thank you. You're up next. Good evening. Oh, good evening. My question is the last Thursday I call in a sick. Uh, it's, a, it's a warehouse. And the next day the uh, HR uh, uh, emailed me that when I will return to work. So I respond to that. I will be taking 14 days home and uh, I will be relaxing for 14 days. And mm-hmm. I, and my question is for my eligibility for CERB or eligibility for EI, if I qualify for that. And if I happen to return to work, do I need doctor know that I am okay to work? Because what happened last week, some guy at work, he called it sick, and they, need, they asked him to bring a doctor note before he come to work. So my, my question is, why why are you for four, uh, 14 days? Is it because you're sick or someone that you're living with is sick? Oh, I am sick. I have some uh, cold flu and coughing. I see. I got it. So, so yes, you you would uh, qualify here to, to be off work, of course, so that's perfectly fine. You, uh, In terms of a doctor's note to return to work, yeah, it, it is something an employer can require just to, to confirm that you're able to go back to work. They can't necessarily require a doctor's note to go off, but it is appropriate to ask for a doctor's note when uh, when you come back. So uh, you also would be able to qualify for the CERB benefit. Again, you, you'd have to decide if that makes more sense for than uh, EI sickness benefits. But the CERB, uh, CERB benefit would be available to you, so you have that option there. And if I if I stop to work or if I and I still want to be eligible for CERB or EI, and what is the procedure? Because right now I ask, I told them I I. I might come back after 14 days after resting home in 14 days. So what will happen to after 14 days and in terms of my employment? So uh, in terms of your employment, if you're back within two weeks, uh, then you wouldn't be able to get the CERB because you would have had no income for 14 days, but then you'd start earning income again. So, so that's not an option, but you could still apply for EI sickness benefits. You need a record of employment from your employer. If you're not able to physically come back to work, then CRB may make more sense. Also, depending on your income, you have to decide what is going to pay you more. Is it going to be EI or CRB? If your income is high, then EI may be more. If your income is not as high, then CRB may be more. So you have to consider that as well. Thank you, uh, Obi, for the call. Appreciate your time. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You want to reach out to Lior when we're not uh, doing the show? one 855 But right back to our calls. Al, thank you for standing by. Uh, what's your concern tonight, pal? No worries. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. 
So my question is, if I work as a commission person and my commissions have dropped, am I able to take care of, like, take advantage of any other, like, any packages that are happening right now or no? If your commission gets reduced? Yeah, like if my commission gets reduced. So if your commission gets reduced but you're still earning income, then the reality is you wouldn't qualify for EI or the CERB, but your your employer uh, would qualify uh, for the for the subsidy, and they may be able to top you up. Again, that's up to the employer. That's not something you can require. They could potentially top you up if they want to uh, with that benefit. It's available to all employees uh, as long as the employer can show that 30% of uh, a reduction in income pre uh, versus the last year. And if that's the case, there's really no downside for your employer to say, yeah, we're going to get this and we're going to make up what you've lost by paying you that subsidy. So that is probably your best option right now. But again, as I was saying to a previous call, that is up to your employer. So you have to talk to your employer and see if they're planning on taking advantage of that subsidy. Okay. All right, perfect. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Al, thank you. Appreciate you uh, you tuning in. I recognize uh, your voice for sure. 416-870-6400 and one 225 talk That version of the number is absolutely toll-free. Uh, Tom, you're up next. Good evening. Hey, Lior and team, thanks for taking the call. Good, Pally. What's question, going on? Well, here's the background. I've got a uh, daughter of mine who uh, started off as a contractor, as a digital content uh, writer. Two years ago, two years ago after she finished contract, they brought her on full-time, so she was on payroll for approximately two years. She gets a call March the 26th, say, or March the 23rd, saying, hey, look, times are rough. We're in the hospitality industry. We're going to have to let you go, and maybe we can still give you some contract work. Anyway, she finally was able to get an ROE out of them, which they backdated to March the 13th which was helpful, obviously, for an EI situation. Right. But uh, she had to scamper around to get them to actually pay her the, the final two weeks because she continued to do work for them up until March the 26th. Now, we know this is extraordinary times. So technically speaking, it looks like they're going to pay her up until March the 26th, which they would technically owe her. But under the circumstances... Is she entitled to any type of severance, etc., because she did work for them for two years as a salaried employee? So I'll, I'll, I'll make it even better than that. So not only is she entitled to severance based on the two years she worked for them, it's quite possible and even likely that in terms of calculating the length of her employment for severance purposes, the time that she worked for them as a contractor would apply as well. So let's say she had, I don't know, a year, just as an example, uh, that she worked for them uh, as a contractor. That year may apply so that really, for the purpose of calculation, she's a three-year person. But even if she's a two-year person, depending on her age and the type of job, she'd probably be looking at anywhere from you know three to four to five months' pay. So yes, she is owed severance, and, and that's something she should pursue. Uh, the law, as I've said many times on the show before, the law doesn't change or get suspended because of the virus. The same severance laws apply. And, of course, beyond that, as, as I was saying earlier on the show, she can apply for uh, either EI or, C or CERB, depending on what she thinks makes more sense for her based on her income. But if she wants to pursue her severance, anywhere from three to five months pay, have her give me a call. Not a problem. I can help her. Okay. Good enough. Thanks. Appreciate it. 
Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate that. Stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, for your daughter to call through, get a hold of Lior. Do so. Don't hesitate. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. The number here, though, 416-870-6400-1-888-225. Talk. That is toll free. We're moving down the line. We're getting to you. Robin, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Not bad, buddy. How are you? Good. What's going on, fella? I would like to ask a question. This 75% that this company is getting subsidy, how it works, I can't get, I didn't get a full, mm-hmm. a full understanding of that. So the way it works is uh, employers can qualify to get a subsidy uh, per employee that would pay them up to 75% of the employee's salary. Now, it's a maximum of $847 a week. So... But that's, they're only allowed to use that to pay the employee. They can't, the employer can't use that to pay their rent or to pay their other expenses. So what the government is saying, we want you to keep employees employed. So we're going to help you by paying you a portion of their salary so they can, you can pay it back to them. So that's retroactive to March 15, and that's good for a three-month period. But that's not money that goes directly to you. Your employer has to take that money and then pay it to you. So if, if you should always talk to your employer about that and make sure that they're aware of this option and find out if they're planning on taking advantage of it. Uh, and remember, they're not allowed to use it for anything other than to pay their employees. Okay. So if they, I, I just want to get this clear. If, they, if the employer don't want to apply for that, you, they, they are not forced to, to apply for that if they want to, right? You're absolutely right. They do not have to apply for that. It's up to the employer. And if they don't apply for it, there's nothing that you can do to force them. Right. So you, if they, they don't apply for that, it's either you go on EI or whatsoever. Exactly. Them, right? You got it. Absolutely. Robin, appreciate the call. 416-870-6400. Trying to get to as many calls as we can here. Frank, thanks for hanging on. Good, uh, good evening, Frank. Yeah, I have a small garage, and I have a, a guy working for me for 33 years, okay? And wow. uh, uh, now I have to let him go. He doesn't seem to want to go. Like, he doesn't seem to want to quit, you know? Uh, but uh, I have, I'm trying to sell my place, and I try to get rid of him, but he won't want to go. Uh, do I owe him severance for 33 years? Yes. The, the, the reality is that you owe him severance for 33 years, and, and it, but it could potentially be as much as two years' pay. You know, certainly it wouldn't be less than 18 months. It could be as much as two years' pay. And any time you let an employee go with that type of seniority, uh, you owe him that compensation. So it's not up to him to decide if he wants to go. You're the employer. You can decide if you let him go or not. But keep in mind, if you let him go, now, he may not know what he's owed. But I'm telling you that your exposure here could be as much as two years' pay. What about if I give him if I give him notice for well, two or three months notice? Well, you, if you give him three months notice, then that means you owe him twenty-four months less the three months notice. But you still have to pay the difference. If you gave him two years notice, then you'd be fine. So either notice or severance for him anywhere from eighteen to twenty-four months. That's what your exposure is. I see. Okay, that's my question. Thank you very much. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time. 416-870-6400. I'm trying to get to all these calls. Lior, it's crazy. Tommaso, good morning. Uh, good morning. Feels like morning. Feels like we've been up all <laughs> night. How are you, pal? Not bad. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate everything. Eh? Yeah, I have a, a cousin of mine. He works at a recycling yard, and uh, his boss, uh, at the beginning of the week, paid him uh, 
his um, vacation and his, uh, you know, they hold back a week pay. They yep. paid him that, and basically they left him hanging. He doesn't know what to do. They told him they're going to figure something out, but they haven't gotten back to him. And just, I want to know how long we should wait or how long he should wait for it or what he should yeah, well, do the, from there. The first thing he needs to do uh, is because is he needs to make sure that he gets has some money now. He needs to apply either for EI or CRB. That's number one. Uh, and he can apply to CRB even if he doesn't have a record of employment. He should obviously talk to his employer about getting a record of employment. Now, the other option that he has is he does have a right to claim severance. That means he wouldn't be going back to work. But if he wants to do that, if he wants to claim severance, have him give me a call, uh, and I can help him do that. But apply for benefits right now, get paid, and then decide if you want to uh, uh, pursue severance and give me a call. Okay, so I guess I'll wait to the end of the week and wait for him, I guess, for his boss, and then go from there? Or should he you just got do it. it right away? Yeah, well, he should apply for benefits right away. Well, he can start applying April the 6th, but come April the 6th, I think he should apply for benefits without uh, any waiting. Thanks, Tommaso. You want to uh, follow through with Lior, one 821 5900 is the way to go. Uh, here we go. Uh, Jeffrey, hi. Good evening. Hi, how are you, Jeffrey? Good, good. And yourself? Good, sir. we got a couple minutes left, so I want to slide okay. you in here quick. What's going on? Yes. So uh, somebody I know, his hours were reduced from 35 a week to 20, but they can actually make more money if they apply for that uh, $2,000 a month benefit, but the, the company wants her to work and work less hours. They, they can't use her for the full thing. Is there anything she can do? Well, here's the thing. Now, because a reduction in hour is something that's considered a constructive dismissal. In other words, she potentially has the ability to take legal action against her employer now and pursue severance. One way to do it, go about this is to say, well, employer, I believe this is a constructive dismissal, but I tell you what, if you cooperate with me and lay me off, I'm not going to pursue it. So because the problem she's having right now is because she's still working or earning some income, she's not going to qualify for benefit. So if she suggests right. to him that she may pursue severance, maybe that employer is going to be more cooperative. And if she needs some help to do that, and if she needs the, me to give her employer a bit of a you know kick in the pants, I'm happy to do that. That's probably the only thing I can see that she's able to do right now. Okay. Thank you for your help. Thanks, Jeffrey. Appreciate that. We're going to rock here to, uh, to Jamie. Hi, Jamie. You're up. Hi there, guys. How are you tonight? Good. What's going on? Uh, quick question for you guys. I'm a sole proprietor. I'm a home-based business. Uh, my, I'm the only employee. I'm wondering which program I should be applying for since all my clients were basically taking away sports teams, um, school, stuff like that. Uh, do you pay into EI? No, I do not. Then because of that, your only option really is to apply for the CERB, which, again, pays $2,000 a month for four months. Uh, that's okay. something you could do April the 6th, and that's exactly intended to, to apply to people like yourself that are essentially self-employed and don't pay into EI. Okay. Now, am I now not allowed to look for other clients, for example, like essential services? I do, I do like apparel and stuff like that. So the, the problem is, and I, I was saying this earlier, is that if you're earning income – Right now, the way it's structured, you wouldn't qualify for CRB. So it, it makes no sense, and I, I would bet anything that the government is going to realize that and change it. But as of right now, the day, April the 1st, uh, if you're earning any income, if you're earning income, you would not qualify for the CRB. Okay. So I'm better off than turning away all the smaller clients that want smaller Well, I, I mean, that's your decision, but I can see why you would do that. I, I really can. 
We'll get to uh, Sean, I guess, our last call. Quickly, Sean, what's up? Yes, uh, I was just uh, wondering, because uh, we look after hospitals year-round, and uh, we were told uh, that, like uh, our hours are going to be uh, probably cut back because of uh, the coronavirus and all that kind of stuff, and, but we still maintain the hospitals, and uh, like we remove all of that kind of stuff, too, as well. So I was just wondering, if our hours are cut back, can I take that as a constructive dismissal? That, yes, and I've, you, I've you been can. I've 17 years, though. Yeah. So if your hours are cut and that's something that's unusual, it doesn't usually happen this time of year. It's something that's unique like now to never, the virus. I've never, ever seen that in not, not my lifetime. Then that, yes, yeah. Sean, uh, that is a constructive dismissal that gives you the right, if you want it, to treat that as a termination and pursue severance. And after all these years, you could be looking at 16, 18 months pay. So if that is something you want to do, you have a small window to do that. You can't sit on those rights. And if you want to do that, give me a call. And that'll do it for tonight, guys. I'm sorry if we didn't get to your call, but there is a way you can reach out as well. Now that we are wrapping for another show, appreciate all the input. one 821 5900 That is Lior's number to get him at the firm. You can go to help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. I'll give you a couple websites quickly. You can, uh, you should have a look at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and for the next uh, foreseeable future, covidrights.ca as well. Thank you for all your input. We'll do it again on the weekend. Don't forget our show on Global TV and CTV as well. Don't go anywhere. So much stuff still to come on Point Returns with Alex Pearson right here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.